Hi, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to Creating a Village. I'm your host, Millie, here to help nurture the village within you. And today we have a very special guest with us today. Can you please introduce yourself to oh. the audience? Sure, sure. My name is Joaquin Thompson Sr. And um, I am a financial literacy aficionado. I'm going to stop saying expert. I'm a financial literacy aficionado. Uh, I've been working in that financial literacy space for about 25 years now, not dating myself. And I love helping people figure this whole maze out um, that we call financial literacy. So um, excited to be on the show today. Love to talk about different. And it's a perfect time to be on a show like this because of what I, what I call all of the misinformation that's being put out into the media. Mm -hmm. and, and my goal today is just to leave you with some stuff that would just make you think about financial literacy a little different. Okay. That's amazing. I love that. Oh yeah. Um, I have a quick question. Why do so, you want to stop calling yourself an expert? I think it's a, uh, cause when you say expert, people think you have all of the answers, right? Like you go mm -hmm. to a certain surgeon. That's why if you think about it, when you're in medicine and when you're in the legal profession, what do they call it? They call it a practice, right? Mm. You have a law practice. You have a medical practice. Why do they call it a medical practice? Like you've been doing this for 40 years. Like, are you still practicing? Yeah, you are. Because you'll never get to the point where you're just the, you know, sensei. You know a lot. And I don't want people to get fixated on like, oh, you're the expert. But I asked you about, you know, decentralized. Because people always come up with some kind of crazy question. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> it don't phase me because I'm saying like I can give you the basics and um, what I like to focus on is just that, the basics. And then if you get the basics right, then you can build on the basics. But if you don't understand the basics, it's no need us talking about options and all this stuff because we, we need to get our mm -hmm. credit right first. Let's, let's start with credit, right? So just yes. aficionado. I like aficionado. Kind of like mysterious word, but at the same time, like oh, I guess you know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, pretty much. Well, pretty that's much. a good. <laughs> that's a good segue into yeah, the conversation. Okay. Um, when it comes to like young adults, you know, the 18, 25 year olds, what are some of the basics you think they like? They must know without a doubt when it comes to finances. Oh man. Oh man. I am so excited to be on this show today to talk about this. <laughs> 18 to 25, right? So let's mm -hmm. think about it. first thing is you have to understand it's all about income. It's all mm -hmm. about income. And at that age, I respect everybody that, you know, say, well, hey, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to follow my path. I want to that's cool, right? I I'm, and, and one thing about me, I'm the last person that's going to be a dream stealer, right? Because mm. I've, I've lived the entrepreneurial life before. I've done the entrepreneurial things. I, I, I'm going to always be in that space. But the one thing I could tell you is this. When you're an entrepreneur, you are going to struggle for a period of time. So the time to struggle is when you're young. But, but at the same time, if you think about it, from 18 to 25, that's seven years. So while you're struggling, when you get to 25, if your business is taking off or whatever you're working on as an entrepreneur is taking off and you're making all of this money, that's good. But you got to think about the data. The data says what? 
there's going to be less than 10% of the people that go into that space that's going to be successful mm-hmm. in that space. So my, my theory is this, chase your entrepreneurial dream, but why not go on and get you a foundation? Because you got to get to a point where you have income coming in all the time. So you don't have to love the job. You don't have to like the job, but you say, hey, look, guess what? I'm going to work this job and I'm going to take the money from this job and I'm going to be pointed into what I really want to do. So if I need equipment, I need a camera, I need a microphone. Guess what? I'm going to work and I'm going to buy my equipment and I'm going to build my credit and I'm going to build me an emergency fund and I'm going to get on my feet. Because the thing about being that young, if you never get to the point where you can support yourself, and you stand on your own two feet, then guess what? You always gonna have somebody in your business, i.e., mm. parent. Say that again. I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why people don't want to talk about this, but I'm like, I'm gonna give you a good. I'm and I'm giving you anecdotal information. I had my kids young, right? Mm. Twenty three, fresh out of undergrad. Before I even got out of undergrad, I was having kids, right? So. I got these three small kids, my girlfriend at the time, and my my parents and her parents. Mm-hmm. You're so young. You need help. You, you're going to always be struggling. Y'all got these kids. And one day I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, we are struggling because it's like, man, things are just tight. But what kept me from ever accepting money from in-laws or even my own parents, like, no, no, no. Because I know it's a string that's attached to money. So no matter how old you are, if somebody's supporting you, they got say-so. Mm. So, and what that say-so does, it, it stunts your growth. Because it keeps you in a, it keeps you, it puts you into almost like an adult child mode. It's mm. like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't need you. Matter of fact, I love you, but I don't really need your input. But if somebody's giving you money, they they're gonna have say so. They're gonna have say so. I just opted like I don't I'll, I'd rather struggle than for you to have say so in my life. So that way, if whatever I do, I ain't got to hear that. Like I I don't want to hear it because you ain't. But if if I was taking money, same thing when I give money. It's not the fact that I want to have say so. I'm gonna have say so because you I'm I'm giving you money. I'm supporting your lifestyle or whatever I'm doing. So it's a double-edged sword. So my thing is between 18 and 25, get you a foundation. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we, you know, we don't teach our children that enough in our community. You know, everybody has a, you know, what I call a, a pie-in-the-sky dream. Like, chase your dream. But the thing about when you're chasing your dream, chasing your dream don't come with sleep, going to homecoming, going on a trip to Cancun, that ain't chasing your dream. That's just, I'm just doing what I want to do. Chasing your dream is like, it's no days off. Like, I, I'm not going out. I'm not spending no money. I'm I'm dead focused on this. I respect that. But that other stuff, mm-mm. you need some money. This is America. This is the United States of America. If you don't have no money in here, mm-mm. it don't work. It just don't add up. It don't add up. So yeah, I would say that. No, I, I I relate to that so much because like coming out of college, I I just 
I never wanted a job because my dad kind of always preached entre- entrepreneurship to me. And mm-hmm. I understood the value in being able to like command my day and have like free time. But also because my dad has provided, it's still providing for me, but like has provided for, for me most of my life. Like in college, I started realizing he'd be asking if I asked for the money, he would say, what do you need it for? What like, I was like, you don't need to know all of that. Even if it was just for like going out to eat, he'd be like, you don't need to be going out to eat, but I want to. And so that kind of like started changing my mindset on having my own income. But then, you know, I still don't want a job. So I tried to go about it all types of ways. It was just, it was just a mess. But <laughs> now I'm here. And yeah. it's so, now it's so prevalent to me about why I need to have my own income. And now that I'm starting to get my own income, it is like freeing. Oh, it's liberating. Yeah. Like what? Oh, mm-hmm. Ain't nothing. I mean, and I respect, like I said, I respect all of that. But if you think about it, right? And me and you, we've only met twice. This is the second time that we met, right? Mm-hmm. But with your with your father being a, a successful entrepreneur and being able to provide for you and put you in position, guess what that did? It it gave you a soft landing, right? So you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You weren't struggling, right? Like when a baby's born, a baby is struggling, like literally, like coming through the birth canal. They are struggling to get out. They're struggling to get air. And what does that do? It strengthens the baby. It it literally strengthens Mm -hmm. you. But what happened over time, generationally, we wanted our kids not to struggle. So I wanted to make it good for you. You want to go to this school? You want to do, you ain't got to work. I work and go to college. That's too much. I want you to focus. But what it started to do was it made it where you didn't have to struggle. So you don't feel it. So you don't really have an appreciation for it. So, and I know because I got kids your age as well. And I did it. I did it for my kids. I got girls, especially girls, right? (laughs) You don't want girls to want for nothing, right? Like, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I want them to, because you don't want, as a dad, you're like, mm. if I say no too many times, like, mm, mm. too many people out here want to say yes, right? So it's like, mm, no, 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 we're going to take care of that. But when you get to the point where you start to make your own money, being an entrepreneur or not, when you start to make your own money, it's liberating because now, guess what? I can buy my, again, I'm going to use myself as an example. The only thing I wanted to do was have my own TV. Mm-hmm. All of this came from that. Just like, because when I was a kid, I don't care what time of day. If my, when my mom came in the house, I don't care what I was watching. I could have been watching my favorite TV show. And I'm like, right at the end, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I wonder if she would come right in and say, ring, and just turn to what she wanted. I'm like, what you doing? She's like, oh, it's my TV. I'm working. I'm tired. I'm, I'm like. So I, I always say, you know what? I just want to be, I just want to be able to buy my own TV. So nobody's mm-hmm. in turning it. So all of that morphs into other things. You want your own place. You want your own car. You want your own money. You want your own. And it's nothing more. I mean, it's nothing more satisfying than being able to stand on your own too. Cause then you like, Hey, y'all say what y'all want to say. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I, I think that is so interesting though. Like, just looking at me as a person, like as I reflect on myself all the time, there are certain things in like, uh, this is the final straw. I'm going to get a job. And then I don't get a job. And I'm like, okay, it's okay. 
things are cool. (laughs) But, but now it's, it's, I guess, you know, it just comes with age. You have to get fed up with being fed up or whatever, but Yeah. 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 And that's the, I mean, and that's why I say for us, I always say we got a different lens. I, I love entrepreneurs. I love, I mean, I just, I love it, right? I've always mm-hmm. had a, a, a foot, me and my wife and I, we had a bakery for like 11 years, full service bakery, commercial bakery. We did all the different desserts. We did this and that. And that. So we lived that life, but I know that life is brutal. That life is hard. That life is unforgiving. A lot of sacrifices. And then, I I mean, I've had a nine to five and I had different hustles. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, thinking back when I was young, if I if I was to go back to my younger self before we because you don't have to be a full time entrepreneur while you chasing whatever you want to chase. Put just because the thing that they don't tell you when you're young is this. If you're doing the entrepreneur dream, right, or you're mm-hmm. on an entrepreneurial journey. You're going to age in time. You're going to age, right? So depending on what the economic landscape is in your future, you got to also be thinking about your future ability to generate income. When 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 life is taken, you know, it's, it's position in everybody's life. Everybody's going through the life cycle. Your parents are a lot older now. You know, you're a lot older now. And they're like, you know, they're not maybe doing what they were doing when you were younger, but you still got to be able to produce. And that's one of the things they don't stress to us as African-Americans. Oh, yeah, go on again. Start your own business. Do this, do that. But I'm like, we got some of the lowest credit scores in the nation. So, OK, so you, and we don't have access to capital man, and we and we still got to we got to live. So I'm like, you know, I'm 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 like a. I guess you would say a counterbalance to some of that stuff where it's like, mm. but if you put a lot of this stuff in place when you, when you're young from an exposure, like what we talked about at the seminar, call it seminar workshop. When we first met, if you put those type of things in place early, like buying a house, like investing early, like if you do those kind of things early in life, you give them, you, you give them time to grow to a point where, you would be a lot younger than your parents where you're able to, you know, bear that fruit. And, but you got to be forward thinking with that. You mm-hmm. got to be forward thinking, not listening to everybody like, you know, get your own, have you. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But, but meanwhile, you know, our counterparts are like taking jobs, stacking money, you know, getting into other things. And you ain't got to be a hundred percent into that. Just use that as your seed capital. You know, to do yeah. to live the life that you want to live, but you know that's just always been my my thing on it. You know, because mm. later on in life you could get boxed in, and that's the part they don't tell you about. It's like pensions are going away, so you got to be thinking about what am I going to do when I get older to generate income mm. if I haven't developed a certain skill set because it's all going to come down to skills, right? It's it's all about the skill set, so. That's that's why I focused on like learning financial literacy after going through a whole bunch of financial hardships. It's just learning the basics of financial because those are some things that no matter how long you live, like I got clients, I do mortgages to help people, you know, buy property. 
I got clients in their 80s, like eight zero in their 80s, trying to refinance or want to buy a piece of property. First thing in the week, the first step is what? We pull their credit. Mm-hmm. So you 80 years old with bad credit, uh, that ain't a good look. Not a good look. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So when it comes to, you said like when the first basic things for financial success or financial literacy is having income. And then so what else? Well, when they get that income, what are the steps that they need to take to get to this journey of having capital, of having good credit? I would say once you establish some consistent income, then you have to, I'm going to answer this a couple of different ways. One of the things that you always want to do is this. You want to focus on expenses because mm-hmm. what happens most times is this. If you've if you've never made, I mean, I don't know now, say you come out and you're making $60,000 a year, right? You never made 60000 a year. You're coming out of that college lifestyle and all of a sudden you got, you know, $5,000 a month. Now your mind gets to thinking about, okay, well, maybe I can buy a car. Car ain't but a thousand, you know, eight hundred dollars a month. So now you got a brand new car, right? But you don't have a house or a townhouse mm-hmm. or a condo. You like, I'm living with my parents. Like, oh, okay. But you got a car because you want to get your own car. But you could have kept that old Honda that your parents got you when you was in college. You could have kept that car and didn't have a car note. So instead of you having a car note, you could have been taking that money and putting it into an investment vehicle. Could have been buying stocks. You could have been getting into mutual funds or ETFs, which is just another form of a mutual fund, and starting. What would be an investment vehicle? Ooh, I would say for a beginner, I would get into like a exchange traded fund, an ETF, or a a money market account, something conservative. I thought you were talking about an investment car. Okay, no, got you. <laughs> no, no, it, it's no such thing as an investment car. Some people will say Turo, but I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, got you. Got the way you the way you have to start to train your mind is um is certain expenses that people have you don't want to have. Mm-hmm. I.e. a car note, right? Because if you think about it, if you start off at 20, you said 18 to 25. Think about from the age of 20, having a car note from 20 until you like 55 or 60, right? All of those car notes, it's not an asset, but you've been paying this money out. But what if you did something different? What if you really went out when you was young, found a car that you really liked, brought the car, paid the car off, and then you kept that car? Like, it's just a car. It ain't nothing fancy. It's nothing, but it's a nice Honda, Nissan, Toyota, you know, whatever it is, Sentra, Altima, Corolla. But what we do is we buy a car, we start paying on it, and then we trade the car. Now we want now we want the Benz, now we want the BMW, now we want the Acura, but we're not really making the money to support that because we still haven't started to invest. We haven't started to, we don't have an emergency fund. Something goes down. And and that's why I always like to stick to the data. So when you say what should they, you know, what should young people do when they start to establish income is put it away, start maxing out, put 15%, you know, have a goal, like 15% of what I make, I'm putting it away. 
And if you start doing that while you're young, just think about those numbers, right? If you're making $60,000 a year and you're putting away 15%, right? You're putting away $8,000 a year. So if you did $8,000 a year for 10 years, you got $80,000 plus interest, mm-hmm. plus interest. So 10 years, is that's not a long time, right? So that's the kind of stuff. And then if you had access to 80000 and over that same 10-year period, you've been working on your credit. So at, say, 30 or 32, right? We're going to give you the two years we got out of college at 22. So say you got $80,000 liquid. You got income coming in. You got 700-plus credit score. You didn't establish your LLC. You got personal credit. You got business credit. All of that can be established within that 10-year period with no problem. Like easy peasy. If you if you've been exposed to that plan, that type of blueprint. Or the flip side of that is the the more money you make, the more your expenses grow with your your money. Cause you see, you tend to see things that you feel like you could pay for. Cause now you you know mm-hmm. went from 60, the next year you're making 70. But then the question you ask yourself is like, darn, it seems like I'm still struggling the same way I was at 60. And then, then one day you end up making you 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 making six figures, right? You get a hundred, but you still don't have no savings, right? You only have like maybe eight hundred dollars in savings, and you're like, why is that? Why well, I make a hundred thousand dollars? That's because your expenses have been going up and up and up. So, I would say if you if you get to the point where you start to solidify some income, be hyper focused on expenses, like. I'm not trying to get into a whole bunch of credit card debt. I'm not trying to get the latest and greatest. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to save and have money and have access to money. Because going back to your earlier point about entrepreneur and having freedom, if you got money, you've established how to get money coming in and you got savings, then you're not at the liberty of someone like a friend of mine, well, one of my clients called me yesterday, wanted to do a refi. They had been talking about it since the summer. And then yesterday, the wife gets the, the notice that she's been laid off unexpectedly. Oh. But people that are old enough to understand, whenever you get into the fourth quarter of every year, that's when all of the companies start to lay off people. Huh? Why? Because they're getting ready for the next year. So October, November, December are the highest months for layoffs. Right. But if wow. you got mercy of someone, if that's the only place where you can get income, it's kind of like being in a relationship with your girl or your guy. And every time somebody's talking about a girl or a guy, you like bashing your girl or guy. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't stand them. Oh, she get on my nerves. Oh, she just, oh, she's such a nag. I can't wait. I can get away from her. That's how you hear people talking about their job. Right. But the question you have to ask yourself is like, if you get let go from that job, where's your income coming from? How you going to feed yourself? How you mm-hmm. going to pay your car note? How you going to pay your mortgage? How you going to pay your rent? So even if you don't like the job, why are you going to talk bad about it when you have no other recourse? There is no other money. You You haven't established no other money. You have no savings. Your credit is marginal. What are you going to do? So 
it's all about income and your skill set. Like your whole life is going to be about income and your skill set, your entire life, period. So like for young people, especially the ones that I'm working with now, I'm like, we're going we gonna to focus on income, credit. We're going to focus on getting your credit to a 700 plus, even if we have to help you. So we're building this, this tribe of people mm-hmm. where we're saying, hey, if you're not where you need to be at, then what we can do is we'll add you as an authorized user on accounts that we already have established to help bring you up. But then once we get you up to where you need to go, we could take that off and then you can in turn help somebody in your family. They may need some help with their credit, right? But somebody's going to have to be that. Somebody's going to have to take the lead on that. Business credit for a young person, super, super important, super important. And the reason being is, so the reason being is you're going to need to, if you can get this all in place when you're young, right? Personal, you got personal credit that you can establish. Mm-hmm. But in addition to personal credit in our community, in African-American community, we haven't been stressing establishing business credit. Now, this is a whole nother, this is a whole nother app. This is a whole nother universe that people haven't, they haven't even exposed us to this, but I'm going to give you the short version. A young person is no age, is no age limit on when you can start an LLC, right? So whatever you're doing, you could be doing a podcast, you could be braiding hair, you could be teaching people how to dance. Don't matter. You can establish your LLC through the Secretary of State. It costs you $100. $100. So now you got an LLC. You go to the IRS. You get an employee identification number. You got an EIN. You go online. You create your articles of organization. Secretary of State is going to create your articles of incorporation. So you have these things in line. All this will take you every bit of probably, I'm going to give you an hour. It'll take you an hour. Most people it's gonna take you weeks and months because they gonna they they make it more mystical than it is. But mm-hmm. let's just say a week, right? In a week, you got all this established. You got your LLC, you got your EIN, articles of organization, you got your articles of incorporation. Why is that important? Then you go out, you say, Okay, I'm gonna get a, a business phone number, which now you can get those just about anywhere. Maybe like $20 a month, $15 a month, $10 a month, whatever. They even got some free ones. Get you a phone, business phone number. You get your actual address, a physical business address. So got different companies that you can rent those from, right? So you got your address, you got your phone number, you got your LLC, and then you go out and get you a website. How much does it cost to create a website? Now, a little next to that. So you got your little website. Braves are us, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're LLC. We based out of Atlanta. You got all of that. You established that this is 20, this is 2023, right? And you just, you're just getting started. Why is this important? Because in two years, you gonna have two years of seasoning on that company. You're going to file taxes on that company. People, oh, I, but I ain't make no money. Well, you're going to file a zero tax return, but you file taxes on this business. So what happens after two years in business? 
You're going to be able to walk into a bank, pretty much any bank, right? Show them your paperwork. Tell them you, you're the owner of Brazer Us and you want to get a business credit card. Like what? Like, yeah, you're going to get a business credit card. They're going to probably give you, depending on where your personal credit is, that's why it's important to get that young person the 700 credit score as quickly as possible. And the reason that's important and the reason we have to do this, what I call credit hack with young people, like I got a grandson, he's he's getting ready to turn 13. What is he getting for his 13th birthday? LLC. He's going to get an LLC at 13 and he's going to get to be an authorized user on my account at 13. Why is that? Because from 13 to 18, by the time he turns 18, 700 credit score, he's going to have a business that has been in existence for five years and he'll be 18, right? So he'll be able to walk into the bank. He can get a, a business checking account. In addition to his personal checking account, you can get him a business. They're going to say, well, hey, what, where's your paperwork? Here's my EIN. Here's my articles of organization. Here's my articles in incorporation. Here's my phone number. Here's my website. Here's my email, all of that. And they're going to say, oh, great. And he's going to say, hey, I want to apply for a business credit card. How long have you been in business? I've been in business five years. Wow, that's impressive. You're 18? Yeah. How much do you, how much do you want? Um, 30,000, 30,000. Okay. Now here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a hack for you. Do you realize that a lot of banks that give businesses up to 50, listen to this number up to $50,000 with no documentation. Oh, wow. The only documents that you need is what? EIN. LLC, or you got an S Corp, whatever your formation is, right? You've been, you've had the business established for at least two years, right? You got your articles of incorporation, your articles of organization, and you just fill out their application with those documents. Some banks will give you up to 50, and you got a 700 plus credit score. So not, let's not leave that piece out. So when you apply, and they say you got a 700 plus credit score, some banks and credit unions will give you up to 50,000. So some people will be like, oh, that's cap. That's the, like, okay. Let me, let me say it a different way. What if you can walk into a bank and they gave you 20,000? No documents, just, just the stuff for your business. You just give them the business forms that you, you filed for your LLC or your S Corp or whatever business, for Brazer us. You you eighteen because we said that we're talking about eighteen to twenty five, right? Eighteen to twenty five. Say you twenty five. If you can walk into a bank and they give you twenty thousand, that's power. Why is that powerful? Because you can walk into another bank or credit union and get another ten thousand, and then you can walk into another bank, and that's when you may hit the mother load. They be like, boom, I'm gonna give you thirty. But you only okay. twenty. Wait, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, before you go further, like that is truly amazing. I wanted to know if you could um kind of explain mm -hmm. uh like authorized users, personal credit, and business credit 
for yep. like the person who may not know what those okay. um, entities are. Great question. So let's 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 break it down for you. So let's talk about authorized user, right? An authorized user is only two types of people with credit. You have what's known as the primary, right? And this is pretty simple to remember. One is the primary. That's the person that has the actual account, right? Mm -hmm. So in my case, I would be the primary. My grandson would be the authorized user. Now, what is an authorized user? An authorized user is a broad, very broad, I guess you would say, designation. Which means this, and this is how authorized users work. This is what makes it so powerful. The authorized user, whatever the primary's credit history is, the authorized user gets that same credit history. It's like a duplicate. Mm -hmm. So if the primary is already at a 700, a 750, 725, whatever, the authorized user gets that same history. So you're getting all of this positive payment history for years. Now with American Express, it's from the day that you sign up. Like if I signed up my grandson today, he's going to get to be an authorized user on American Express going forward, right? So November, December, going that way. Visa and MasterCard, uh-oh. Visa and MasterCard, what's going to happen is that's even more powerful. Visa and MasterCard, they do a retro review, meaning once I add them to um, a Visa or MasterCard as an authorized user, he will get all of the history. Mm -hmm. Goes back. The last 15 years, 10 years, five years, he'll get all of that history too. So when he goes in to get a, you know, when it's, when the, the computer starts to calculate his credit score, it's going to be super high because he don't have any expenses, but he, it's going to read like, Hey, you got this card, this card, this card, and it's managed. We see a utilization, what have you. That's, that's the difference between a, authorized user and a primary um your other question was was it llc uh no just the difference between personal credit and business credit oh my gosh here we go <laughs> here, here's the thing i don't i know you all are young but um you heard of star wars right so yes. you got star wars and what else has that kind of stuff i think the hunger the Games, star trek star oh. trek right they they have these things where the theme is you have two different universes, right? Like this, this world doesn't even communicate with that world, but they go in between these two worlds, right? Like the dark side or whatever. Personal credit is based on you, meaning your credit score, your card, it's in your name, right? It's like, oh, okay, Jada, here's your credit card. All your credit cards. All your, all your lines of credit, everything is in your name. So as you use it, your score goes up and down based on your utilization. So as you're using your credit cards, when you use it and your balances go up, your score goes down. That's your personal credit. When you establish business credit, 
And here's power. A young person that establishes business credit, like going through that scenario I just told you about LLC, got your articles of organization, got your articles of incorporation, got your company is two years old, braids or us. Once that young lady establishes business credit, say she gets a business credit card with $5,000, a $5,000 limit, right? When she goes out and uses that card, it doesn't report on her personal credit. It only reports on her business credit. Why is that important? That's important because you could have personal credit that's already established. And when the computer looks to see like, oh, let me see what her credit score is. Oh, she's at 715. She's at 720. She's at 750. It doesn't even see what you're doing on the business side. It can't even see it. But you're utilizing it on the business side to do a lot of the things that you were going to be doing anyway, right? You mm-hmm. got to buy equipment. You got to get gas for your car. You might have went somewhere, brought some food. So now you don't have to mess with your personal. You could preserve, encapsulate, hold out your personal credit. Just hold it and be using this stuff over here and be establishing business credit. Just boom. Smart. That's the kind of stuff that they didn't expose us to that early enough. Like a lot of this stuff I learned in like the last 10 years, right? But I didn't know this when I was in my 20s and nobody in my universe, meaning my mom, my uncle, my aunts, my godmothers and godfathers and just all of the adults. Nobody was mm-hmm. having a conversation with me. So my goal is like, okay, once I give it to a 13-year-old, me, i.e. my grandson, and then I teach him how to do these steps, then I've I basically I've given him a certain amount of power. I've empowered him over the next 60 years, like hands down, because I've done it and seen what you can do with it. And when people come up with these different things like, hey, we got we, we're selling whatever they're selling, a business, <laughs> something else. You could just pop that card on them and be like, I'll buy it. And then you mm-hmm. offer, you know what I'm saying? Because you're ready for the opportunity. Not like, oh, I wish and all of that. Man, ain't no I wish. It's like we buying. That's yeah, what we period. Do. Yeah. Yep. So when it comes to credit cards, I think this is something I'm still not completely, you know, aware of, I guess, or like yeah. knowledgeable about is when it comes to credit card and then their relationship to being able to access capital, mm-hmm. um, how does that work? Or like even, and you can also just touch on access to capital in general. Yeah. So let me let me give you a nugget because I see you taking notes. Here's, here's, here's one of the biggest ones that people don't talk about. And I ask you the question and your audience. When is the best time? When is the best time to apply for alone. And I think I told you this in the seminar. When's the best time to apply for capital? Like when you need some money, oh, when is the when, best time? When is the best time? I was going to say when you don't, when you're not like reliant on the money. Um, there you, there yeah. you go. Right? We talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. When you say access to capital, if this is 2023, my credit is up. Like I've been working on my credit and say, oh, my credit is up right now. It's November. I have no 
I, I really don't have no need for a line of credit right now, right? But my credit is up. I got my job. Things are looking good. This is the time for you to strike. This is when you go into the bank and say, hey, you know, I want to apply for, you know, a $10,000 credit card. Hey, I want to apply for a line of credit. Now, we haven't talked about lines of credit, but lines of credit will save your life. It will save your financial life. But the time to apply for a line of credit is when you don't need it. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't need it. You go into the bank or the credit union and you can do it in threes. Right. Meaning if you don't have any inquiries recently, you haven't really been working on anything, but you can walk into a credit union, apply for a line of credit, walk into another credit union, apply for a line of credit. The first one might give you 10,000. The next one might give you 10,000. The next one may give you 5,000, but you don't need the money. Quick question. What's the difference between a line of credit and I guess a credit card? Are there differences? There are. There are. They they're similar, meaning that they're they're revolving products. Meaning mm. if you use a credit card, like if you go out and you swipe a credit card and you brought a new TV or whatever, then that charge hits your credit card and you pay that thousand dollars back, right? Mm-hmm. But in some instances, you need a thousand dollars in cash, right? Somebody's like, hey, um, I just lost my job and I got to pay my rent. Like, while I look for another job, I might have to pay my rent. I can't pay it with my credit card. I need access to cash. With a with a line of credit, you can have access to cash that once you approve, that $10,000 is just sitting over there at the bank. Mm-hmm. Waiting on you to come and ask for it. So when you come and say, hey, I need to, I need to you know, borrow $1,000, that ain't the time to be trying to go through a credit check because you might've just lost your job or something might've came up, you know, unexpectedly and you need a thousand, your transmission just went out and you don't want to put it on a credit card or whatever, or something where you just need cash. You walk into the bank. If you got a line of credit, you tell them like, Hey, I, I want to take out a thousand dollars against my line and they give you a thousand in cash. Oh, I did not know that. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. I'm putting y'all up on so much. It's, <laughs> that's why I say it's so exciting because I'm like, man, somebody told me this when I was like, oh, shoot. Yes, thank you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just like trial and error. Like, oh, shoot. But um, so just think about that, how, you, how your financial picture would look if you got like just the stuff that we talked about tonight. You got your LLC set up. You got a 700 plus credit score. You got personal credit established. You have business credit established. Now look at this. Now I'm going to add something else. You have personal lines of credit. You have business lines of credit. And you're working. So when people are like, oh man, I'm like, yeah, I work. I'll be like, yeah, I work. I ain't, I ain't tripping. But the thing I could tell you is this. When you know you got access to things and you got certain things in place, when you come to work and people talking reckless, you know what I'm talking about? When they start talking about, oh, you know, they might be laying off, oh, this, oh, that. No, I don't, it ain't the fact that I have something else to go to. But guess what? I know if something goes left, I can be sustainable. 
See, when mm-hmm. most people get in prop, where they get into trouble is they don't have any savings. And then in addition to not having any savings, they don't have an investment. They don't have a skill that they can leverage to just make a little bit of money. Because where most people go out is that it's not they're not sustainable when you take away that primary income. So mm-hmm. they end up drowning. That's why they call it drowning in debt. You've heard people use that term, right? Yes. That's what it is. You literally, you literally sink because you don't have the ability to just kind of maintain until you get the next job or until times get better, right? It might be three or four months before you get your next job. Can you sustain? Yeah, because I can go to, I may not want to do it, but I can tap into a line of credit, pay my mortgage, pay for my food. And then when I get my job, guess what I'm going to do? Pay it back. But I don't have to go and apply. I don't have to go and apply after I lost my job. So when they ask, where do you work? And I say, I'm unemployed. Oh, we ain't giving you no money. Mm. That's a no. But if you put everything in place before you need it, because you're going to need it. I I have a question. So with the line of credit, do you not have to pay on it every month? You only pay on it when you use it. When you use it, you pay on it. Meaning this, like say if they gave you, we go use that same scenario. They gave you $10,000, right? Mm-hmm. The $10,000 is just sitting there until you use it. Now, once you use it and you go in there, you say, hey, I want to take $1,000 out. Then yeah, you're, you're the next month, they're going to send you a payment. But your payment <laughs> is, is typically going to be somewhere between 1% and a half of a percent. Why is that important? That's important because even though you're going to be accruing interest, again, if you're in a tight spot, if you borrowed $1,000 and now your payment is only $20 a month, you're good because you, you're just trying to get to the next to the next stop, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when, when is the job going to come through? I mean, it might be four months from now, but I can eat off of that for a while. Because certain things you got to eat, you got to be able to get some gas. So you got to be thinking like that ahead of time before you need it. But the majority of people, they do it in reverse. They wait till they get into a bond. All of their credit cards maxed out. They they just got laid off. Now they go into the bank saying, hey, I want to borrow some money. And the bank is like, you got to be kidding me. Like, are you <laughs> are you serious? Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's what they be doing in the background, Jenny. People don't know it though. When they pull your credit and then you be like, yeah, I, I came in, I want to borrow some money. They be back. They're like, ah. oh my God, look at this. Are you serious? Look at this. <laughs> That's how it works. And then they come out and they tell you, you deny, you like, damn. It just gets worse. But if you do it when you don't need it, then you in control. And like I said, you could do it at multiple banks. Mm. Multiple, I mean, because you hitting them up, 10,000, 5,000, And then when it, it, it goes onto your credit report. So now when people, when you go to another bank and they see that you got a $10,000 line and you don't owe anything on it, they like, wow, okay. And you had it for how long? Like, oh, I had this for like three years. Wow. Whoa, okay. So guess what? Now they want to give you some money. They like, ooh. I give you some money too. You be like, oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, let's hey, let's talk. 
And that's how it worked. But people don't, in our community, we scared of debt. We, we scared of it. We petrified of, of having debt because we listening to all this stuff that people are saying. And it's like, that don't pertain to us. We got to get to the point where we like, that ain't got nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing, like right now in the housing market, right? We own the least amount of houses per capita, however you want to split it, per, cas- per capita, median income, however you want to split it. We own less, right? And now these people out here telling everybody, now is not a good time to buy. And I'm sitting back saying, okay, I, I, I don't own a house. I don't own no kind of property. I don't own a condo. I'm paying a rent to somebody, either in a house or a condo or apartment. You telling me it's not a good time to buy a house. And I'm saying like, and I'm repeating that. No, nah, no, nah, this ain't a good time to buy a house. But you're not a, you're not a property owner. So you know what that's like saying? That's like a person that's single going around telling their single friends, this ain't a good time to get married. Mm-hmm. And you're like, like what? Like, no, this is not a good time to get married. Men are cheating. Women are cheating. This is not a good time to get married. I promise you. And you would be looking at them like, but you're not married. Like, what, what are you talking about? Right? That's how you would be thinking. But with this housing stuff, it's just media. I'm telling people, this is the best time. This is the best time that you're going to have in probably like the next five to 10 years to buy a house. You know why? why? You know what's going to happen? Within the next five to 10 years, while you're sitting on the sideline and people saying it's not a good time, if it's not a good time to buy a house, Okay, what should you be doing? Just based on what we've been talking about up until this point, what should you be doing in the meantime? If it's not a good time to buy a house, what should you be doing? Investing in something. And what else? And what what else? else? Saving. Saving, right? And what else? Working on your credit. Working on your credit. Right? Yes. Right? Saving. What you doing? I'm stacking my money. What else? I'm working on my credit. Oh, okay. Okay. Why are you waiting? Because here's what's going to happen. When interest rates come back down, see what they're not talking about is this. Interest rates are high now. 7%, 8%, whatever they're going to be, right? But what do you think is going to happen when the interest rates start coming back down? Six. It's going to go seven, six, five. What do you think is going to be happening to African-Americans? I'm talking about black people specifically. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to be losing our homes or even just like the areas that we're living in, renting. You're not even going to be able to compete. It's going to be over. You you are not going to be able to compete because all them other people that's sitting on the sideline, when they come back into the market, Oh my gosh. Do you think you're going to be able to compete with them? Because they sitting on the sideline right now. Good jobs, making a lot of money. Guess what they doing? They stacking. They just, they put money away like, oh no. They drive away. That's why when you go in expensive neighborhoods and you've seen this, you're old enough. You're a young, you're a young lady now, right? Whenever you go in expensive neighborhoods around Atlanta, 
Buckhead, Dunwoody, Roswell, Alpharetta. What kind of cars have you seen in the driveway? Prius, a little Honda, nothing fancy smancy, right? You don't be seeing no Lambo and then another Lambo and a Range Rover and a Bentley. You don't see that. You see practical Ford F-150, right? So guess what they doing? They taking that money and they putting it away. They just putting them, they waiting. They waiting on this because they know it's going to happen. They just waiting. Now we saying, ah, oh, this ain't a good time to buy. Like, okay, so what you going to do? Because you don't own nothing. So what, what you, oh, you going to wait. Oh, you going to wait till everybody get in the market. You ain't going to be able to compete. Unless you done, stay, you done stacked up your money. You got your credit right. So when the market start coming back down, you can execute your credit right. You got money. You got lines of credit. You got you got business credit. This this the time to be doing all that now. While everybody looking the other way and not paying attention, right? So I'm like, oh, it ain't a good time to buy. Okay, cool. Guess what I'm gonna be doing? Applying for some more. Yeah, let me get another line of credit. I'm trying to get like hundred thousand out of it. You know, X. You know, buy a donut shop. Like, I'm hey Subway, something. I'm like, I'm out, like, whatever. But I'm really, I'm really focused on helping young people because I think if, if we can get this kind of information to young people, you all got, you're so bright and creative and coming up with so many. It's like we're doing braids, but we don't own the braid shop. We, we leasing the braid. Why not have a the house of braids? Like, you done brought the mm. whole building. And you doing braids and this and that, but then you own it, right? And we're not leasing, we're not doing it out the apartment, we're not doing it out. My friend, how? Mm -mm. Why? Because you got a line of credit, your credit is straight, you got business credit, you got all these things that you got access to, and you did it while you was young. So guess what happens? Over time, when you come out of your twenties and you go into your thirties, guess what you're doing? More of that. In addition mm -hmm. to investing, right? Because we ain't spent a lot of time with investing, but you got to invest, right? You buy the little raggedy house. It ain't the one that nobody want, but that little raggedy house, they got programs where you can go in there and fix it up. And I'm not talking about staying in a neighborhood that's like crime ridden and you're going to be putting yourself at risk. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the house that's like in a, in a nice, working, decent neighborhood that a lot of people are overlooking because I don't like, you know, people want to be, they want new and mm. upscale. And I'm like, nah, just buy one. So all you got to do is buy one. Just buy one. And let the equity just grow over time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm, I'm focused on helping young people. And uh, the other thing that I didn't touch on was if it's not a good time to buy a house, it's a great time to learn how to buy a house. Mm -hmm. Even though you're not ready, right? You might not you might not be ready for another two years, but it ain't nothing, it's nothing stopping you from learning. Like the seminar that I met you at, right? All of them people that was in the room. The goal, the end goal was for them to do what? Get in position to buy a house. Right? Mm-hmm. You know you can't buy one right now because interest rates too high, this, that, and other. Why not become an expert at 
how to buy a house mm. instead of woo. Right? So now you you to become the like, hmm, okay. I'll spend how much does that cost? It's a it's a thousand dollars. Oh no, no, no. I won't spend a thousand dollars on that. Oh, okay. But you'll spend a thousand dollars to go to Cancun. I mean, I'm just that saying. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's homecoming season. You spend a thousand dollars to go to homecoming, right? Airfare, room, the two parties on Friday, the day party on Saturday, the brunch on Sunday. Did you home. go to homecoming? Nah, I missed it this year. I didn't go either. No, because of what you were saying. I missed it. I missed it. I missed <laughs> it. But here's the thing, though. I'm going to be totally transparent. I'm going to be totally transparent. I missed it on purpose. Mm. And the reason I said I missed it on purpose was like, I was working, I'm working on a project. And the stuff that I was saying about the project, like, I can't go to, I don't have to, I can't go to homecoming and be spending three days. I wasn't even talking about the expense, but I was talking about the time. I was like, I can't spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And come back Monday, and I haven't finished turning in my draft for mm. my my trademark. Like my trademark is, I got a trademark application out there that I got a semi approval on that I need to respond to them, and I haven't done that. So I'm like, how am I going to go to Howard Homecoming and have a good time? And I ain't done this. I got to do this, and I just put. I was like, I can't do it. I just said to myself, I, said, I can't do it. I ain't. Yeah, I'll go next year. And when I go next year, all of this stuff that I need to do will be done. So that's why I'm like so passionate about what I do and and this all these different hacks. And like that story I was telling you about my grandson, he's 13. I'm like, what if we had 10,000 13 year olds doing that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's simple stuff that they never exposed. Like they just make you like, what? Do you know what an American Express? Do you know what American Express, Platinum, Gold, Business, Blue Business, do you know how many authorized users they would allow you to have on one card? You know what's really crazy? I have like two of those cards and I don't know that answer. (laughs) You want me to tell you something that's super crazy about that? You got two of those American Express cards? Yes. Which one do you have? Um, I have the platinum one and the blue one. They- okay. I'll talk about mine. But check this out. When you talk when you start talking about helping people, right? Listen to this number, Jada. For each one of those cards that you have, right? You 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 maintain your your good credit, you manage them well, you continue to manage them well. Do you know that American Express and you can fact check this, you can call after the podcast. Do you realize that American Express will allow you to have, listen to this number, going to blow you away, 99, 99 authorized users on each card. Now, what does that mean? That means this. That's wild. I could take, and you can take, think about, think about this. How many people do we know that need help with their credit? A lot of people, friends, family, this person, that, man. You can help 99 people 
Now, what I want you to do is this. When we finish, I want you to call customer service and I want you to ask them that question. Right? Because I call, I know they thought I was probably like either dyslexic or I had a learning disability. I called three different times on three different days and asked the same question. Hey, how many authorized users can I can I have with this card? I mean, I can help 99 people, 99 people. So just me and you together, because you said you had two. I have one. I got one, two, three. I have five. You have two. That's seven, right? So just, so just between me and you, we can help almost a thousand people. So imagine, just, just imagine this, right? A hundred of us. If a hundred people had an American Express card that we helped them get running these plays that me and you are talking about tonight, a hundred people can help how many people? 10,000. 10,000 people. And it'd be, and some people would be like, they'll see this and be like, nah, it's 9,999. Because that's what we can do. We can do 99 per card. So 100 people can help 10,000. Think about that at, at Howard, at Hampton, at Morehouse. At Spel- when you get somebody that's like, look, this is the play we're going to run. You with it? Are you with it or not? I'm right. I'm with it. And we're going to help some of our other ites and Howard ites. Because now what we're trying to get to what? The 700. Then we're gonna then we're gonna run the play with we're gonna get we're gonna get the line of credit, we're gonna get the business credit card. We're gonna do all this before you graduate. Mm. What, a- what's the process of bringing someone on as an authorized user? Like do you just give their information to the bank or something or ding ding ding. Hey, American Express. Yeah. I wanna add uh authorized user to my card. And oh, okay. Do you have their name? Yes. Do you have their date of birth? Yes. Do you have their social security number? Yes. Okay. That's all we need. Wow. And you give them that, as soon as you hang up the phone, within a week, you're going to get a letter that says, congratulations, you have added Jane Doe. Now, we talked about the authorized user, but mm-hmm. when I use the authorized user, I only use it to help people build credit, right? But depending on who the person is, Right, you can give them privileges where they can use the car too, mm. if you want to go there. But I, I keep it real simple, so that way you don't have to. Oh, you fine? You don't have to use it because most people get all worked up. Like, oh my gosh, you know, anybody gonna run up? No, nothing on your credit card and nothing. We just need mm. you to help us, right? So you don't have to. You could send them a card or not send them a card. I did it for my kids, like my daughter. I have two girls and a boy and my wife. So what I did was I put everybody in my family, in my immediate family on this American Express. Mm-hmm. Two of my daughters ended up buying houses, helped help boost their credit scores. They want to do some other stuff. So they've had that trade line on. It's been about two years now. Because when I was sitting down, when I started digging into authorized users, when they told me about that 99, I was like, and, a good, and one of my best friends that I grew up with from childhood, like me and this guy, 
um, we've been friends like almost 50 years. Like from when I was a kid, I'm 56. And this is like my guy. But he was trying to buy a house. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I put him, I put him and him and his wife on my American Express and Visa, both of them, to help boost their scores because they want to buy a house. I was like, man, because it don't cost me nothing. Mm-hmm. I ain't sent them a card. But guess what? Now they're getting positive credit from two cards. I put one American Express and one Visa. And that way, and the visa was like a $25,000 visa with no, pretty much no balance. So it's like $300 on it. Mm-hmm. I pay it all the time. And oh, does my utilization. So if, if I like missed a payment or something, does that affect their credit score? Yes, it does. Oh, yes. So what does that say? That means it's a certain responsibility that comes with mm-hmm. being an authorized user. So how do you get around that? So we ain't talked about this either. So I'm giving you, when I say gems, it's a lot of people out here on TikTok, other places. Be, I'm like, no, bro, I got some gems for you. Perfect question, right? So you, yeah, so if you if you put a person on as an authorized user, or them 99 people, right? And then all of a sudden you got a missed payment. All of a sudden you hit a rough patch. So it's a certain responsibility that comes along with that. But to answer your question is this. Here's another another question for you. What is the first thing that you do? And I talked about this in the class, but I'm a, I'll refresh if you don't remember. What is the first thing that you do when you get a credit card? The first thing that you do. You get a brand new credit card. It comes in the mail. It's in the little envelope. You open it. It has a little 800 number. Call this number to activate. What is the first thing that you do? Uh, I know it's something about payments. It's either not be on automatic payment or be on automatic payment. Be on, call them as soon as you get the card. Call them and you put it on a automatic minimum payment and you link it to your, your checking account. Automatic. Mm-hmm. Why is that important? You, you'll never miss a payment. Because the, the minimum payment is usually around like, what, 15, 20, 35. But if you don't have that set up that way, it comes, you throw it on the table. You Next thing you know, you got a late payment and it hits yours and the people that you have as authorized users. Mm. It theirs too. But if you put these, if you put these systems in place, you, you just having years of just, you never missed a payment in years. And you're young. We talking about 18 to 25. So imagine when you turn 35. Like you had 15 years of on-time payments. Who not going to give you some money? That part. you just like, hey. So it's, it's those kind of things when you put, it in, you put them in place and you're running your entrepreneurial journey or you're running your – it's just it's all about income. It's about income. That's why people, even with big, t- high net worth individuals like an entertainer or, you know, some rapper or some musician or whatever, some big athlete, they was making all this money. All of a sudden, they don't have a hit album. All of a sudden, they're not making records. Guess what happens? They still need income. They still need income. They still need income. And that's what crushes them. It, it'll, it will crush you. So 
while we listening to people and they coming with this different rhetoric, I'm like, you need income. You, mm-hmm. you, you need income. So don't talk bad about the job. Take the job and use the job. You you reverse the tables on them because people be thinking like, oh, I'm just. I was thinking about that this morning. Have you ever have you ever had a job and was late to work? You ever um, had a job late to work? Not no. You've never been late to work. So I, you... I just got a job. So. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you what happened to me then. I'll use me for example. I had a job and I was supposed to be to work, say like seven o'clock or whatever, right? I went to sleep like, I need to be there at seven. I need to be there at seven. I can't be late. Can't in this particular day, you can't be late. You can't be late. This is gonna be something big. Wake up in a panic, 635. See how you looking? You see that expression you had? Like, oh my gosh. Oh, oh. Get up, run around. Oh, ah, ah, ah. Get up, drive all the way to work, get there. Like, oh my gosh, oh, I went but five minutes late. They ain't even gonna realize it. But let me ask you another question. Have you ever heard somebody that was doing something for themselves that said, I need to be working on this project. I need to be getting this done at seven o'clock in the morning and woke up in a panic? Because when we're doing it for us, what we do, if we woke up at 635, we're like, I'll get up. Look, you'd be like, wave up. I'll do that at eight o'clock. Right? You ain't never woke up in a panic for yourself. Which psychologically, that's incorrect. Like you should be more mm-hmm. panicked. This bond, it's like, oh my gosh, I gotta. What we do? We'll roll over and be like, oh, sh- I work for myself. I get up at eight. Oh, oh my goodness! If that ain't me. <laughs> yes, it's mentality. It's mentality. So that's the kind of stuff we got to be hyper, 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 hyper thinking about. So that way we. You know, we don't we don't lose the opportunity. I guess that's the mm-hmm. best way to put it. That's what it is. It's love. No. Love. That was this was so much Ooh. good information. We have to go into depth about this at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like whenever. Whenever. This is my thing. I love doing this. I love it, love it, love it. Love it, love it. So yes. yeah, we, we could do it again. Yeah. Never a problem, ever. Yes, that's, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ever, ever. That's definitely, that's definitely. We locked in now. We locked in. We, we taking it to the masses. Like, period. Hey, this is what we're doing. Period. Period, point blank. So, so now, yeah. now that you've heard this, you got to put it in play. See, that's the other thing we don't do. TikTok, Facebook, all these different social media. People be giving out some plays. But you know what people do? They listen. Like, damn, for real? Damn, you could do that. Oh, man. They never put it in play. I, I heard somebody say something. I'm going to put you on the, another gym and sound like we're going to wrap it up. You know, if you have a bit, once you get to the point you got business, a business credit card, I mean, not business credit card, but a business checking account. Do you know if companies see if you have an average, not average balance, but average deposits of $10,000 or more, they'll give you even more money, they'll lend you more money. Because they'll not know that. You have to write that down. So here's what you do. So now you got this money sitting over in some other account. 
right? Might be a retirement account, might be your checking account. What if, I'm just saying, what if you 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 took out, I don't know, $8,000 out of your account and just took it and put it into this business account? Mm-hmm. Let it sit there for about 15 days. Then you took another two or 3,000 from some other account. Or maybe your pay, or maybe your, your entrepreneur thing, whatever you did, you put that in it. Something that's going to add up to more than 10,000 in a month, right? Mm-hmm. You put it in there in cash. And then you, but you still need this money, right? So then you came back after it reported, because all statements report on a certain day, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you get a bank statement. It's like it always drops on the 28th. So once it drops on the 28th, you take the money back out, you put it back into your account where you got it from. You start the process over again for this next month. Mm-hmm. Now you do that for six months. When they get your bank statement, they like, wow. And don't put in no even number like 8,000, 2,000. 9,176, mm. 1,554. Put that in like that. They like, oh, so I see you had some deposits. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it was cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you didn't do the transfer so they can see it, it transferred from your one account to the other. Uh, we, we did some cash. And then you you back it back out. You take it out. And once you've done that, like six months, right? You do that for six months and then you go to them and say, hey, you know what? I, I could show you to borrow um, maybe 50. They're going to say, oh, yeah, we could do that. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. You know, you know all the things. <laughs> that's, a, hey, that's a woo. That's a. And you do that when you're young. Think about that. You're mm-hmm. doing that when you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you got like people gonna be like what bro i got i got i got it i promise you that's all you gotta be like hey and you doing it while you're young mm. and you done brought a house right you bought all this stuff i'm all this stuff that i'm teaching you i taught my daughters taught my son they put it in play my daughter graduated from Howard, went out, brought a car. I said, why you buy that car? She mm-hmm. said, Dad, I've been listening. That's all she kept saying. Dad, I've been listening. Dad, I've been listening. I said, okay. She brought a nice car, real nice car, right? But I said, you're so young. Why you? Why would you buy that car? You don't need that car. She said, Dad, I've been listening. You know what she did? She went at work, worked some overtime. She came to me one day and said, hey, you know what? I said, what? She said, that car paid for Mm. So yeah, it's paid for. I'm talking yeah. about a, a nice one. I was like, oh. Then she, now she don't have no car note. But the car gonna last her another 15 to 20 years. Mm. Right? When I, and then she, she don't have no car note. She went and brought a house. Oh, congratulations. Young girl. Young girl. Howard grad. But I'm saying that to say it ain't about bragging, but it's it's going down generationally now. Now mm-hmm. we're gearing, I'm going to set up my grandson. Like I said, all the stuff I'm sharing with you, I'm about to give him the play. I'm about to give him the straight play at 13. 
So when he turned 18, he got a five-year-old business. He got a 700 credit score. He got business credit. He got personal credit. All that's in place at 18. So if he go to college, trade school, this, that, he want to buy a Subway franchise, he want to get whatever he want to do, he got access. Because that's all this. only thing that we're talking about is having access to do mm-hmm. things, right? Because young people yeah. have all these ideas, right? Man, we could do this. We could do that. Nobody got no money. Mm, that part. That's true. <laughs> right? So ain't that moving, right? Great ideas, billion dollars, million dollars. Ain't got no money. Yeah. We, ain't moving, we ain't moving nothing. We ain't moving nothing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely need to talk to you. <laughs> there we go. But, uh, um, oh, as I say, can you leave the audience with some, um, some advice? It doesn't have to relate to what we talked about today, but it can. Okay. But whatever you want to leave the audience with. I'm going to leave you with this. Whatever you do, whatever you do, Whatever you do, keep God first. Whatever you do, keep that first every day, even when it, even when the bad times, right? Don't be, I would say, and don't be uh, ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel some type of way about your financial situation, bad credit, bankruptcy, repo, um, you lost foreclosure, whatever your situation, don't don't feel no type of way about it. Because truthfully, everybody right now is on a gradient. They they are they either on their way up or they're on their way down. Everybody. That's where everybody's at. Right? Most people very seldom are you just even. You either on your way up or you're on your way down. But either way, keep God first, keep dreaming, and just know and keep Keep trying to learn because all this stuff that I'm telling you, this is it's public information. But we we have not taken advantage of sharing this with each other. I just told you about 10,000 people that just me and the host can impact. If me and her got together right after this call and said, hey, you know what? You write a list of 99 people. I'm going to write a list for each card. I'm going to write 99. They already set up more automatic payment. So we're going to help 10,000 people. But you got to ask yourself, how much are you willing to pay for that? And that's the, the other thing I'm going to leave you with. Don't be afraid to pay a certain amount of money. And I'll give you an example. I'm going to leave you with this because I had to learn how to do this. I paid a company one time. I told them, I said, hey, I'll give you 10% of whatever you get me. I'll give you 10% of whatever you get me. They got me sixty. They got me sixty-five thousand dollars in credit. I gave them six thousand five hundred. Why? Because I got sixty-five thousand. I'm good. I don't. I'm good. I'll give you that. I'm good. I promise you. Why? Because then that opened and gave me access to bigger things. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's gonna give you a deal like that, especially when you're young. Like I just told you, fifteen hundred—that's homecoming. That ain't, that, ain't, that ain't nothing. That's homecoming money. Fifteen hundred? No, that's that's you ain't even going to the concert. You that's that's just getting to the yard money, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, right? So I'm saying we got to be thinking like that. And and the, the last thing I'm gonna put to you all is this: 
take action. All the stuff that I'm telling you today, take action. Be like hitting these credit unions. I don't really like dealing with banks because banks to me, they, they just, they're too stringent. Credit unions, love, 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 love. And always be looking. I know you said leave with, and I'll leave you with one more thing. Always <laughs> look for opportunity, right? Because I just, I was, I'm a loan officer. I was doing a file for one of my clients, like looking at her credit report. And I saw on her credit report, it said, United, listen to this now, United States, listen to this, United States Senate Federal Credit Union. I said, damn. I said, whoa, was she a senator? Like, how do you? I found out how to do it. I contacted them. I ran the play. She don't know it. <laughs> I ran the play. And guess what? Now I'm a member. Listen to this. United States Senate Federal Credit Union. I'm a member now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's what I said, too. How you do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we doing over here. <laughs> we we getting ready to get some more. We gonna get we gonna need some more. So that's what I would say. But all jokes aside, hey, keep God first. One, just keep. Once you do that, hey, you a one. All the rest of the stuff will just come. Mm. But act, keep God first and act. That's if you don't remember nothing else, remember that. Wow. So, let's do really it again. We'll be doing it again. When we doing it again. When, when can you do it again? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> hey, whatever you want to do it. I'm like, hey, you done got me geeked up. I'm like, ooh, I got to start my show back again. Ooh. Yes. No, we, we can definitely set something up. Oh. Most definitely. Hey, you got um, to send me the video, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can post this online. I'm like, oh, they're going to be got like, you. coming back. I'm coming back, bro. Yes, yes. sir. I'm on definitely it. Definitely got you. Yes. Um, now, can you leave the audience with where they can find you and any oh, no other doubt. things that you want them no doubt, to know? No doubt. So you can email me. Best email is J Thompson. J T H O M P S O N. Which one is the best? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you this. This is the best email for me. Just my name. J O A Q U I N T H O M P S O N S R. Joaquin Thompson Senior at yahoo.com. That's the easiest one. Um, you can definitely hit me up there. You can call me 470-322-5122. You can hit me there. So between email and that, um, social media, the Mortgage King, anything that says the Mortgage King on it, you'll see my Instagram. That's the Mortgage King because I do mortgages because I'm trying to help as many African-Americans as possible get into home ownership. So I do all it. So you can contact me. We can run the play. Everything ain't a lot of stuff free, everything not free. So don't call me looking for the whole because we got to get out of that. We got to get used to doing business with each other. So mm-hmm. a lot of it free, not all. I'm gonna just say I'm gonna leave it like that. But you you definitely gonna get the results. Hands down. Hands down. Oh, that that's was it. that's amazing. Yeah. That's reach oh. out to him. <laughs> yeah, reach out to me. Let's do it. Hey, you got 99. You got 99. You got 99. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. Oh, my goodness. I'm talking about tonight. 
just to just to close it out right, all of the stuff that I talked to you all about tonight, I've either done it or I'm doing it right now. So all them lines mm-hmm. of credit, got all of them, business credit cards, over a hundred thousand dollars worth of business credit cards, over sixty-five thousand in personal credit. I mean, that's that's what we're doing. And trying to get more. We like we trying to be greedy, trying to get to like three hundred. Because I get to three hundred, I'm yeah, we in the game. So we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing. We're gonna keep pushing. And we're trying to because my my vision is if I can get a thousand students between the ages of eighteen and twenty five, a thousand of them to just mimic the same thing that I got, we're in a whole nother we're in a whole nother space. Oh, you, got, you got 30 years on me. So if I can give you all of this 30 years younger, you don't have no excuse. You in the game. No excuse. No. None. And if you wait too long, my grandson will catch up with you because he, like I said, he's 13. He about to get it. I promise you. Yes, sir. Wow. That's amazing. Look, audience. I'm glad you, hey, I'm glad you reached back out to me too. Uh, so, um, <laughs> man, I say, look, I am so happy. I was so happy. You made my day. Made oh, my day. Well, I'm glad I could make your day. You made mine. This is this is let's amazing. Just this let me know because we can talk about some other stuff and, or we can go deep. How we want to yeah. do it? Just tell me. We we'll yes. do it. No, I'm definitely going to review the notes because I want to. I want us to get deep, deeper yeah. than deep. Oh, oh no, <laughs> no problem. We can do the screen share the whole nine. The whatever. We can run the play. I like we, that. We just touched on credit, so we can we can we just scratch the surface on credit, but we can run the whole credit thing down. Just oh, just run it down. I'm I'm giving y'all some serious game. Yeah, and, and we I mean, yeah we talk about it. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna close this episode and then we can keep talking. We talk about it. I, <laughs> no, I'm, ready, look, I'm about to go into another. I'm like, we we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh my goodness, y'all audience. I I know you learned a lot this episode. So please, you know, take heed to what he said. Um, look into it for yourself. Reach out to him. Um, just really start moving towards your financial success. Um, if you have any questions, you know, leave them in the comments on YouTube. Or you can reach out through Instagram so that we can get your questions answered. Uh, Yes, so I really hope you enjoyed this episode and make sure to keep creating a village wherever you go. Thank you. Bye. All right. Y'all have a good one. No, that was awesome.